and uh, the, fill the gaps there. Um, out of all of the past ventures, what are your three favorites? Oh, my three favorite past ventures. Oh, that's tough. Um, you know, I think um, my number one favorite probably is uh, Keon. Um, and the reason that's run by um, a great CEO. And so I just really love, I've learned so much working with um, him and the company's done very well and been very successful at um, just good, steady growth. Um, and so it's been really fun to be part of a, a, a team that's just well-led and um, well-run mm -hmm. company. Um, so that's that's number one. Um, now a couple other ones I got, I can't tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that I got contacted by some, uh, some, some people that uh, worked with uh, Ed Edward Snowden around the time that he got oh. he got caught. Um, <laughs> Interesting. And um, audience, when we both disappear, you know why. Um, yeah. right, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, I have a um, another company that uh, you know I helped write the business plan in my garage, a solar company, and and now it's uh, doing. You wrote the million. business plan for power in your garage. <laughs> we 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 worked on it together. Yes, um, so. I was the president of a solar company. Um, okay, and so I was doing a ton of market, a tiny one, um, not not one I'm willing to mention. Um, okay, they they took some. It, there was no Edward Snowden involved, um, but uh, there was some leverage involved that uh, makes me very sick to my stomach. Um, but while I was there and doing market research on stuff, I will say that. Power really was making waves um, in our in our market, and I was like, "Dang, they have got some killer offers." So, man, well, well done on that. Um, how how uh, how did that come about? The um, the founder is a uh, all right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up? And welcome in to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I've got Tyler Jensen of the Startup Garage and Founder RX on the show today. I'm excited to have him. Uh, he's got some feathers in his cap that uh, that are pretty giant. Uh, makes that makes the masks cap. If you remember that movie, look tiny. Um, anyway, Tyler Tyler has a great background as a CFO. Um, we had some really fun times in the pre-show talking about his experience. He's got more personality than most CFOs I've met. Um, so that's also fun. Um, and uh, I just, I can't wait to bring him on stage. But before we do, um, I do want to make sure to, to give you guys some insight into some of the systems that we use and endorse. Uh, so we got ColdClick. ColdClick is the system of choice for us for our LinkedIn automation. Um, to give you some background, other research, other companies you can research, we did use Buzz at one point, um, and it's a very pretty system, and they've got a good sales team. They've also got a pretty good support team, but highly driven with sales, I will say that, um, and we preferred Ulink over that. Now, with this system, we still use Ulink and a combination of, of Octopus, and just know a little bit about behind the scenes, but Art Hoffman at ColdClick has become a good friend of mine as well. And, uh, you know, he, he's also very good in the sales realm. So 
I like to I like to sometimes reach out to their team and, and get some tips on optimizations as we constantly refine what type of messaging can we use to be most effective in attracting an audience of strangers to engage with us in a way that creates healthy new relationships. Um, and that's really what distribution is all about. Top of funnel marketing. You want to get in front of more people and you also want to do so with purpose that drives a positive relationship forward. And there's this uh, this link for a Simply Fast website. So this is something that came across my radar fairly fairly recently. Um, and when I saw that Shane was offering websites at 179 bucks, I was like, I got to support that man. Um, because if I had had the opportunity to start with a $179 website, I would have in a heartbeat. If I had to start over, that's exactly what I would do is I would find somebody like that who's willing to do it because you don't want to lose tons of hours and time trying to build a website that is in essence, going to represent your past. The moment you publish your website is the moment that it's live, but now it's a representation of your past. Whatever you do for this day moving forward is a kind of a new feat. You've got, you've got new um, benefits that you're coming up with. You've got new product knowledge. You've got new people helping you understand. So if you're on a shoestring budget and you're trying to launch a business concept, um, you know, in my, my past, I would have told you like, good luck. Um, you know, you better have $100,000 or more in investment. Otherwise, you're very unlikely to succeed. Well, I I mean, I started my business without money, um, you know, and I've done it a couple of times and I've had some successful businesses grow out of that. It's a hard process. So if you're if you're bullheaded like I am and you're going to go for go for it anyway, then you might as well have resources like that that can help you simplify some of the processes that distract and destroy businesses along the way. Um, so anyway, rooting for Shane to, to do great things at Simply Fast. Um, and of course, do your research, uh, you know, interview several different options and best wishes to you. Let's move on to the water project. The water project is a cause that I support and, uh, and absolutely love. I hope that, that you have the opportunity to at least share this link. Um, you know, meaning share the link for the water project, because there's millions of people in the world who do not have access to clean drinking water, something that, that you and I likely take for granted every single day. Um, and this is disrupting their societies. Well, we can make a positive disruption by helping them have access to what's called a borehole well or a sand dam. And you get to see the community that you impact. No matter, it doesn't matter if you contribute $20 or contribute $20,000, you get to see the difference that occurs for this community. And then you yourself can meditate and imagine the reality of what that what that resource is going to provide to that community over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and I think it's something very special to be involved in. If you know of a cause that needs to be contributed to right now, there's so much going on in the world. Don't hesitate to drop that link in the comments. We'd love to see it and we'd love to, to do what we can to support it. So um, thanks for giving back, my friends. Now, without further ado, let me dive into Tyler's background a little bit before I bring him on stage. Um, I want to dive into his, let me, let me pull this up here. Here we go. Um, his LinkedIn, um, is, you know, and, and dive into some of these companies that he used to work with. He already talked about some of the companies that um, are, are some of his favorites in the past, but um, I, I wanted to cue in on a, a few of these important ones. Uh, Vavi, I, I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but Vavi Sport and Social Club. Um, if I switch over here, you'll see that Tyler sold that company after growing it to 25,000 members in six years and sold it for 25X, the capital investment. Um, that's pretty awesome to have that quantified. I, I, we'll see if I can get him to, to talk to us about how much the capital investment was. Um, then you got Go Green Yoga Mats. Um, and so he, he went for his, his Zen 
uh, phase here. And, and then he started working with a number of, uh, we say we worked with power. We talked about that a little bit earlier too, a solar company that uh, I did a lot of research on when I was a president of a solar company. And then there's fit for mom, barbell shrugged and Keon. I don't know if he was a CFO for, for health companies for a while, but it's, it's kind of looking like a trend there. Um, and so what, what's cool to me is Tyler's got this background that's extremely well balanced. There's a lot of different types of depth to what he does, which gives him a paradigm that, that gets me excited because I, I just love talking to people who have a, a depth of purpose in many different fields. Nothing against the doctors out there by any means, but there's just, there's just something about somebody who's explored so many different industries that gets me jazzed to find out, all right, what, what do you know about each industry and what crossovers do you see? So without further ado, Tyler Jensen, thanks for joining us in Vision Pros Live. Hey, great to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, we're going to be talking, by the way, about um, entrepreneurs and how they have the power to change the world. Those are those are your words from from your form submission. So as we as we uh, get into this, is there a subsector of an audience that should be listening in particular um, or is it entrepreneurs in general? And, and why should people be listening to you? Well, yeah, so I think, you know, entrepreneurs in general um, and what I uh, call entrepreneurs who are thinking about being entrepreneurs, right? They're, they've got it in their hearts. They're um, doing something else. Maybe they, you know, don't love their job or don't, they have an idea that they've really gotten passionate about, but haven't had the heart to start it yet. And, um, you know, I, I have a real passion for, um, you know, helping um, those people, whether whatever, overcome whatever obstacles they might have, right? So a lot of times it might just be self-confidence, it might be confidence in their idea, it might be um, just knowing what to do. And so um, for all those people out there that are thinking about starting a business or have started a business, um, you know, I uh, would love to, you know, have, have you guys listen and, and, and hear what I had to say about entrepreneurship? Because I think it's a, a beautiful part of the world that um, really does have the power to change the world. We look at a lot of nonprofit organizations. We look at um, the governments. We look at a lot of different things um, in the world that that may, that can you be used to leverage change. But I think entrepreneurs have a unique unique ability to do that, um, and it's beautiful. And I think I am committed to more of uh, people doing using entrepreneurship as a tool. Absolutely. Let's so let's dive in. I don't normally do this, but let's dive into. What is the startup garage? Because you, you just you named the company in a way that just draws so much intrigue, and uh, so I got I got to know about that first. What's the startup garage? How does it work? Yeah, so the startup garage um, uh, is a company that where I come into um, companies that are between a half a million and twenty million in revenue um, as our fractional chief financial officer or part time chief financial officer and really help scale their business. So I've done this many, many times um, for my own business and many other, over 250 other companies. And so I come in, take over um, their accounting function um, and help them with strategic planning, um, capital raising if they need to raise capital um, and really just uh, leverage my experience um, with a bunch of different companies and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, bringing that to the leadership teams of these uh, startup companies. Hmm. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So with your vision, uh, what's what's your vision then beyond beyond that? Let's go into the details. What's your vision for those that you serve beyond the beyond the initial growth phase and the raising of the capital? What do you hope to see them accomplish? 
Well, you know, one of the things that I, I love to do is, is hear their vision, right? So you're, you're, this, this podcast is called uh, Vision Pro, right? So shout out to Vision Pro, right? <laughs> and I love finding, you know, leaders who have vision and, um, you know, supporting that vision of whatever that looks like. And the, usually those are companies that, you know, make some positive impact on the world um, and really can change people's lives. Um, and so it not only changes their lives for the as the founder of the company, but their family, if they're successful, that can change financially, can change um, their their lives personally, um, but also the people, their customers they serve, the vendors they work with. Um, it really can create an ecosystem around them um, to, to change um, those people's lives. And so my vision is to support their vision to help them get clarity on their vision and then help them come up with an execution plan, make sure that they're staying on task and the team is staying on task and focused to achieve that vision. Mm, I love that. Um, you know, we were, we were talking about a company earlier that I won't name, um, but at the same time, what I would agree, you know, I think that one of the unique things about the way you built the businesses you built and the businesses that I've contributed to as well is, is they're still standing to this day. And, and a lot of them are, are thriving um, and, and moving to new heights. And that is a very fun feeling. Um, and, and it's kind of, it's a fun vision to know that even though I'm not there um, and we're not involved in, in what they're doing today, it's cool to look back and see that, oh, the reviews just went from 200 reviews to 700 reviews, um, you know, et cetera. And, and so it's, uh, I share the vision of, yeah, let's get these entrepreneurs well established. And then you just, you know, too, all of the new employees that that have jobs, um, you know, because of the stability of said company. Um, and so there's, there's, it's just always fun to look back and see past clients winning, um, no matter what happened in the relationship. So what's your vision for you? Well, that's a great, great question. So, you know, I, I love what I do at the Startup Garage and um, the fractional CFO work um, I do. So I, I do have a vision to continue to, to do that work. Um, I do that about 20 hours a week. Um, the other part of my uh, time, uh, I work on other projects. And um, the vision is um, 100 acres with a boutique hotel, uh, organic farm, organic restaurant, um, maybe some glamping, um, some other things along those lines. And so I've been working on the business plan. I've been working on putting together, uh, uh, you know, all the different pieces for that for a number of years and um, looking to get that under, you know, the ground broken on that over the next two years. And wow. um, I really see that as a 20-year project um, for me um, that I can create a space where people can come from all over the world and, um, you know, just get grounded and, and, and get maybe detached from all the stuff that's going on in the world um, and, and have a way to, um, you know, heal and just be with family and friends and connect with others. And so um, I want to commit myself to that, build a my own family on this property while others come visit that property. That's one of the coolest personal visions I've ever heard. Um, and, and certainly most, most unique out of, out of the hundred plus episodes, no offense to any other, other one that you win the trophy, um, <laughs> for that. So that, that's really cool. Is it, are we going to get grounded on eco-friendly yoga mats? <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> that, that, was, that was a long time ago. That was another, <laughs> another past life. <laughs> okay. but, um, that's yeah. fair. 
And it's so funny. One of my team members and I last night, we were talking about um, my, uh, oh man, um, one of my goals uh, of eventually opening a boutique hotel, um, either in Mexico, Peru, Colombia, or, or Costa Rica, um, and the different plans associated with that. Uh, where are you going to open the hotel? I'm curious now. I don't know yet. I've been traveling the world. I've been looking at all Crazy. different places. And I, I trust that as soon as I find no in my heart where uh, that location is going to be, that it, it'll be time to do it. I just have not not become clear yet. Well, you, you've, you've heard my my hopeful tunes, and I, I would love to to experience or see what you, what you got going on with that. Now, uh, a little off topic. This might this, this part of the conversation might end abruptly, but are you familiar with Joy de Bois? Chip no. Conley? No, I'm not. Oh, cool. Well, um, a little homework for you, maybe. Um, okay. Great book called Peak. I don't have it up here. I have it in the other room. Um, Joy de Bois has a, they had like seven boutique hotels. He almost went under, had to take the year of a dollar, you know, CEO. Um, talks about that in the book, but he built his, and anybody listening, like this book is um, the book Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard is the, you got to read that first. That book's easy, fast read, amazing. This book takes that and puts it in detail on steroids. Um, fantastic book on leveraging Maslow's hierarchy of needs to understand the needs of your customers, your investors, and your employees um, or your team members. So uh, he's he became the board of directors for um, Airbnb um, uh, later on and now lives in Austin and, and runs like a a man like a retiring men's like let's do life awesome type thing um but anyway uh he's he's a he's a beautiful mind when it comes to boutique hotels um so best wishes on that man that's gonna be awesome what, what, I'll definitely what read that book. Oh, i'll said i will cool. read that book it'll be in my audible account later today <laughs> <laughs> makes sense um all right let's dive into a darker subject tyler you've been around the block so what's your worst leadership experience ever Well, let's see. So when I first started, you mentioned this already. Um, when I right out of college, I, I worked in politics for about a year, but then I launched um, Bobby Sport and Social Club, uh, which was intramural sports for adults. And, um, you know, I was in my early 20s launching this company and um, had a big belief in myself slash ego, yet lacked really many skills. Um, I, you know, I didn't really have the skills I needed to do what was required of me to, to lead the company. Um, and we, we got some early success and the company started growing and the team started growing. Um, but I really just didn't know how to lead. Um, I just, that was just a really tough area for me. And, you know, I, I look back at those times and there was a moment in which, you know, I had taken my first vacation after about five and a half years. Um, and I was, at that point I was burnt out. I was tired. I was grumpy all the time in the office. I just, I was being a more of a dictator than a leader. Um, and, um, you know, I went on vacation and I came back and number one, first thing that happened was that we had our biggest week ever, um, at the company in terms of revenue. It was like, it was like double or triple their biggest week or previous week. It was like crazy. Oh, I was huge. like, that's interesting. Like I, you know, I thought that I thought I was so important and that was a, but you know, I hope, I hope the person doesn't, that doesn't see this, but uh, I, there was also a big drawing. Someone had done a caricature of everyone in the company and there was about I don't know, 
50 or 60 people at that time working for the company one part time. And um, they, they drew characters and they're a great artist up on the uh, uh, white, one of the whiteboards. And I came back and I saw this and I eventually I saw myself and it was me up there and I had a frown on my face and I was just like angry. And they drew me angrily and I was like, wow. And I had this moment where I was like, this is how my team sees me. I was like, this is, you know, this is real. And it was, it was just this epiphany that I needed to grow. Like I needed to grow up. Like I could not continue to lead how I was leading. Um, and, um, you know, I never talked to the person that drew it. I never, you know, it just, it, but it impacted me significantly. And I've spent, you know, I ended up selling the company not too long after that. And I've spent the last 15 years working for different leaders and learning from them. And that was one of the reasons I love doing what I do is I love working for leaders. I love some of them are good. Some of them are not, um, you know, that, and, and learning from what works and what doesn't from all these different leaders over the last um, 15 years since I, I sold that company. Wow. So, wow. Um, I'm not going to force the issue, but I do hope that they, they see this episode because you just gave them credit for being the absolute catalyst to you becoming your best self as a leader. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, yeah. Wow. And the, the power of, you know, a caricature, right? The power of art, the power of something so simple, um, you know, can, can have a, it's amazing the profound effect the little things in life can, can have on us. Um, that's super cool. It took me a divorce. That was a much harder way to figure out that I was a crappy leader. Um, so mm. we, we all have different opportunities to look at that and say, all right, what am I going to do about this? You know, how, how am I going to change and adjust so that I become uh, a better leader myself? Um, what's your best leadership experience ever? My best leadership experience. Well, you know, I don't know if you mean my leadership experience, but I'll, I'll just speak your, to your vision. So it can be yours or something, somebody you learned from. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'll speak to that because there's just there's a particular leader that um, I've been working for for a number of years. That's just, you know, I just really respect um, his leadership style, um, his his ability to um, just, you know, he's strategic in his thinking. He thinks ahead of things. He's really cares about not only the business strategy, but the people strategy. Um, and he's taught me so much um, over the years of, of, of working for him. Um, I've. I've learned, you know, how he respects people and he, how he allows people to make mistakes. And I've watched him, you know, I, you know, totally aware that people are making mistakes and let them and, and watch them just, um, you know, move through it and, and hold, hold that space so that they can learn and become better um, at whatever they're doing. And so I think, you know, that's someone that I've really looked up to um, and model um, a lot of the leadership that I take on these days. That's awesome. That's great, man. Um, speaking of the great lessons from great leaders and so on, if, if this was your last opportunity oh, uh, to share, sorry, I just did something I wasn't supposed to do on the show. Um, if this was your last opportunity to share a powerful lesson and you weren't going to be able to share anything else, what would the lesson be for visionaries? Let's see. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is believe in yourself. Um, and then the second thing to come in mind is that, you know, I think visionaries can be very powerful, but there needs to be an, uh, a respect and an understanding of visionaries' strengths and weaknesses. 
Um, visionaries are really good at setting vision, at casting that casting that vision, at uh, enrolling others in that vision. Uh, many of them are also have weaknesses that are uh, along the lines of execution of organization. Not all, but a lot of them that I've worked with and seen. Yep. And so the mature visionaries, the ones that I've actually seen being able to build and keep long-term sustainable businesses have matured in their visionary where they understand their, both their strengths and weaknesses and um, are able to uh, find you know, a, a really good second-in-command um, operator, integrator, whatever you want to call them, um, to really balance out that vision, to execute on that vision and to stay organized. And that I think is probably one of the biggest keys between success and failure that I've seen working with so many different visionaries over the years um, is find that there's a book called um, uh, Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel is pretty good. Yeah. And it hit it. I, I, re I recommend it to every visionary I talk to right away, right out of the gates. I'm usually on day one. Really? So you got to read this book because it really allows them to understand their role and which roles they should not be playing. Um, and the mature visionaries that are able to be successful understand those distinctions and aren't trying to do it all. My hope is that they created 2.0 um, for Rocket Fuel. I, I like the book too. Uh, did you read the original one, the book they founded the concept on, the E-Myth? I, yes, I love that. Was one of the first books I read when I started. My first company, and I, I, I found oh. it. So you I have the it. unique advantage of that's why you build such awesome companies. You also have the unique weakness, I'll say, of of maybe forgetting the profound impact or not understanding the profound impact. I, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I, I will never. I will do the same thing. Same way you feel about rocket fuel, I feel about the emyth. Um, but I learned about it. Eight, I learned about it, and then I shelved it for eight years. And it's the one book I regret not reading the moment it came across my desk um, because mm -hmm. of the impact. And so I, I don't know. I'm not here to like create some drama of like better and worse and, and all this hyperbole. But there, there's some unique. So if you haven't, if you're listening right now and you haven't read either of those books, they're both incredible reads for your legacy. And I want to tie this back to what you said, Tyler. Um, so you said respect your strengths and weaknesses. In other words, respect your weaknesses as well. It means you got to acknowledge them. You got to become self-aware of what your weaknesses are. Um, and you, you've got to be willing to, to, to respect your weakness. That's a big statement. How, how do you go about, what does that mean to you to respect your weakness? Let me start there. We'll come back to the book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it starts with self-awareness, like you just mentioned, right? Like, and that's, you know, that's a maturing process. And, um, you know, visionaries a lot of times get a lot of attention and, a lot of people want to be part of what they're doing. And so that can cause um, a lack of need for self-awareness. Um, but I think as you mature, you, you see the challenges that you can uh, really uh, become more self-aware. Um, so that, and I think once you have self-awareness, that then it's much easier to kind of understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. And if you understand your weaknesses, then you can, not, you can respect those and respect the people who have counter strengths to you and can partner with you and, and really see their value. You know, when I was a young leader, I don't think I did that. I don't think I saw other people's value as much as they really um, could pr provide. And I, I became very wow. limited in my, my leadership and my ability to uh, implement my vision. 
because I did not, yeah, just didn't see the value in others. The I'm sure I haven't read the book yet, but it's I have it right here: leadership and self deception. Um, I've read like 15 pages, and I, I need to. Can, there's a lot of books on my darn plate. Um, but that you said you said something interesting, and it reminds me of that self deception concept that once you're already finding that success, you then feel lack of need for self-awareness when in reality, the opposite's true, right? You need more self-awareness in order to become the strength that, that carries the mantle of such a load. But, but we don't, you know, we, we end up, if we have ego, um, you know, our, our ego gets in the way and we start to sacrifice the, the need for that rather than empowering leaders around us to help us um, protect ourselves from our weaknesses and grow. You also talked about the visionaries attracting team members who, you know, who want to help contribute. I mean, you know, and you're soft about it. I'm not 96% of businesses fail within 10 years, 4% survive, not thrive, 4% survive out of those. There's a small percentage that actually thrive. And then there's an even smaller percentage that thrive and maintain balance in life at the same time. Like that's a bleak reality. And we need to, I think we need to hit it head on in order to really help people wake up and see that, okay, there, there's a whole lot of things that I need to be doing differently than the average market is doing if I want to have above average results. So digressing a little bit, what, and you sparked this, if you're not respecting your strengths and your weaknesses and you're attracting people to your vision, but then trying to control the vision of your team, that's what I see happening. That's what I used to do as well. And when I see entrepreneurs controlling their team's visions rather than inspiring the team members to gain their own visions of how they coexist with what we're building. That selfishness destroys companies over and over and over. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think there's no, no doubt about that. Um, that that's true. I mean, you know, on a, on a slightly mostly related note, you know, I think that I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs and had conversations with thousands of them um, over the years. And, um, you know, their self-development and self-awareness of the leader of the company is directly related to the growth of the company. Um, if you're stuck and you can't get unstuck, it's probably you. Um, and the business side of it, I have learned especially with smaller companies, unless you're like, you know, starting Tesla or doing something crazy, right? Um, you know, something new when you're one of those one in a billion, right? Entrepreneurs, that's probably not you. Then you just need to, um, the, the, what you need to do in business is already been done, right? It's already been done by a lot of people. And so if you can just know who to ask, that the business solution to it is, very clear and evident. It's not that hard. And so usually it's the founder, the visionary, the you know leader of the company that's too afraid to ask, won't listen, wants to do it their own way. They're in their own way of solving the issue, um, even though the solution's already there. Uh, and so. I love that. That honors my podcast because for me, that's listening to Tyler Jensen um, and, and pulling people that are amazing on this stage and, and, and asking for leadership advice. For Tyler Jensen, that's Chip Conley probably. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, the the other thing, okay, we're going to go back to Rocket Fuel. And and again, this is, this is a plea and a call for, again, the next edition, the next opportunity, because there is a major 
flaw in the end of that, towards the end of that book that drives me crazy. And I don't think they meant to manipulate the market, but in large sense, with the without the edits that are needed, they ultimately do. And here's what happens. So it talks about the wonders that are the, the visionary. It does a great job of honoring the visionary and teaching them with great compassion and great nurturing why they're important and why they need an integrator. Okay. Then they go into talking about the power of an integrator and why the integrator is important. Yet then they share these stories of entrepreneurs and how as visionaries, we struggle to appreciate our integrators. And there's this big fight and chasm that exists because integrators do not think or do things like the like the entrepreneur or the visionary. So visionaries often fire integrators because of this problem. Okay. All fine and dandy. That's fine. But then they get into the stories and there's this entrepreneur who they said could not even, even though he knew his integrator was the key to his success and was helping drive the business forward. Unlike anything he's ever seen before, he could not provide any sense of gratitude to the individual after an entire year of that person working with them hmm. and they justify it and they make it sound and they, and they, they, and they, why? Because they don't want to offend the visionaries out there. Um, they, they don't want to say that like, that's not the right approach. They, they ultimately endorse the reality with the way they continue to share other stories similar and really push the fact that, you know what? Uh, the integrator is lesser than is kind of the ultimate sentiment. Granted, I've been the integrator many times. Um, and not, not just the visionary. So it kind of hit personally deep when I was like, wow, this really sucks. Um, you know, like it, for those who, who are the, no, we need to be, we don't need to be teaching the visionaries to keep the integrator under their thumbs. We need to help the, the visionaries recognize that there's a harmonious value to the integrator and not demean the integrator in the process of teaching the entrepreneur or rather the, the visionary that they need one by their side. So um, anyway, you don't have to respond to that. I don't want to get you. You're the you're the you're the great loyal fan of, of what they've done. Um, and I, my hope is, again, to call them to say call them up to refine their approach to stabilize the two relationships, because what they've built is damn near perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. So I hope they see the honor in that. Um, Tyler, what what else would you like to share? We've got the founder rx um that we can talk about we've also got the startup garage what's going to be most beneficial to the audience what's going to be most beneficial to the audience um well founder rx is uh in it's not launched yet so um I'm, I'm i'm looking for a marketing partner on that one um to get that one off off of uh, out of the gate so um someone who's really really good with paid uh ads and things to to drive traffic but uh so that is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about visionaries and, and you know, bigger companies, but this is focused on, um, you know, the technical person, the person with a job, um, the hairstylist, the plumber that has bigger dreams that wants to start their own business. And so, um, you know, it's, it's three different courses um, and group coaching takes them um, through a couple of years. It takes them, you know, from idea to launch, from launch to 10,000 a month and 10,000 a month to a million a year. And uh, I'm really uh, excited about this. I think it's um, a much needed thing. I think it's a huge part. It's 99% of the entrepreneurial world are people that, um, you know, aren't, they don't have visions of, you know, being the next Tesla. They have visions of stopping, you know, working for someone as a plumber 
and having a plumbing business and going from making, you know, 60, 70,000 dollars a year to three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year and changing their entire family dynamics and gener generationally. Um, and so um, that's what I'm doing here. Um, wow. So if you, looking for oh, a good market. This is awesome. I'm going to throw my name in the hat for that. Um, so it's not not to press you, by the way, vision pros who are listening in. Um, never, ever pressure somebody, especially publicly in life <laughs> to work with you. <laughs> I will throw my name in the hat. Um, and if you don't hire us, I respect that, too. There's a due diligence process. I'm going to talk about two different things that I saw, though, two visions I saw with looking at your website. And one to protect those of you who are the J.K. Rowlings of the world and who write a book on a napkin and make a billion dollars. Um, you know, that is not a strategy I would follow. But if you know in your heart and your mind, that's your vision, that's what you need to do, do it, you know, go after it. Like if I had told, what if I had convinced her not to do that, right? Where, where would her life be had I tried to control her vision and see that? So at the same time, I do want to highlight the principles of virtue that I see right in front of me. Tyler just said, this is not even launched yet, yet this website is far more defined than 99% of businesses that I see operating after 10 years. The amount of due diligence that was put into creating this UX and UI and the, you know, getting the messaging, getting the, the testimonials included in this as well, getting the clarity of what it is that you're launching, Tyler. Like, this is a phenomenal blueprint for people who are in, in launch phases. Um, so, yeah, man, like, geez, I, I can't ask, I want to ask you, like, how did you do it? But I know how you did it. You did it through a decade or two, you know, of putting putting your eyes and your heart and, you know, your mind on, on, uh, respecting the process of business growth. But I mean, anything else you want to add there? Well, yeah, just, yeah, exactly what you said about being in the industry. I've had thousands of conversations with entrepreneurs and, you know, my current business model works really well for companies that have already doing a half a million, you know, to 20 million in revenue in terms of, of being able to afford my services. But there's so many people I talked to that couldn't afford it. And I was, I just wanted to come up with a solution that was affordable for all the smaller entrepreneurs that are just getting started and that couldn't afford, you know, the, the, the CFO rates. And, um, and so that's where it was born out of. And I've spent years thinking about it and trying to come up with a solution, having conversations and um, working on the business plan. So I think that's where the, the clarity came from. It's just that genuine desire to help a much larger, larger group of entrepreneurs than, the, the four or five clients that I love helping on the CFO side. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to do something completely different uh, for the rest of the show. Something I haven't done before, not since um, Sean Malone, a flow chat came on and I bought flow chat from him right there on, on the spot in the show. Um, why? Cause it was an awesome tool. Um, so <laughs> Tyler, I would love to, we're, we're, I'm going to, if you're open to it, I'd love to book an appointment with you to see how you can help first class business as we seek to also raise some funding um, and move things to the next level. My ultimate goal and vision, um, I don't know, most of you probably don't know this. My ultimate vision is to bridge the economic gap between South America and North America. And first class business is my greatest vehicle to do that. Um, so we, we've got some major plans with what we need to do, um, what, what I want to do, what I feel called to do, to move that business forward. And we plan on raising $10.6 million, um, $10.4 million. Um, so I'd love to talk to you about that afterwards. In addition, um, we, we, like I said, I want my, I want to put my, my name in the hat for the paid partnership, um, the paid ads traffic partner. One of the things that Tyler and I will need to explore 
as we look at that though, is what do we both believe is important about a paid traffic individual um, or a team? How does the strategy work? How do the how are the campaigns supposed to work? So many entrepreneurs whitewash that conversation and they say, oh, well, you're kind of cool and I'm kind of cool. So let's just try to make it work. That's not a strategy um, that ends. That makes good friendships end badly. Um, then there's the there's the aspect of most paid traffic people are highly addicted to conversions. Um, you obviously know where I stand when I say that, um, but they're big into to conversion campaigns that drive instant ROI. Then you have the branding side um, and people who understand the importance of awareness and branding, but they have no idea because they're kind of artsy fartsy people that like things to feel good. They often don't understand the power and importance of conversion or how to explain it or even how to correlate with it. They don't like KPIs because they don't understand the math behind it. Um, there's a, a harmonious middle ground too um, that's frustrating for any entrepreneur to understand because it's a it's a long-winded game you know you have to, you have to be in it for the long haul um in order to you know to really build that way and there's these brands that i see out there like if you if you turn on the tv and you see commercials in between football games or or nba games these same brands pop up year after year after year after year um yet i see very few startups modeling the advertising models that are allowing Allstate and Geico um, and, and other brands to continue to dominate. So anyway, there's, there's a much more extensive conversation that has to take place. I'm really curious from your side, what are some of the things that you're looking for in a paid ad, paid ads traffic partner? Well, I think I could actually add a little bit more clarity. I think it's um, I'm looking for a business partner in a sense for this company um, that is going to be in charge of marketing and all marketing. I think paid is just happens. To, I mentioned paid because I think it happens to be a big part of the strategy for this particular one, but I'm yep. open it to it not being um, one. I'm looking for the right partner. I think this um, could help a lot of people. Um, and I really have understood my strengths and weaknesses as we talked about earlier. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy to run the business, deliver the product, um, you know, do the, handle the finance and accounting and operations and all that stuff. I'm looking for someone that's really strong at marketing that wants to take over um, that part of this business. Uh, I think that the economics, I can make a strong economic case that this business could make both of us a lot of money um, mm -hmm. while helping a ton of people through the entrepreneurial process in a way um, that's, uh, you know, affordable, but also very educational. Um, so does that make sense? Oh, it does make sense. Um, so rocket fuel eliminates titles. That sounds like you may be doing the same. I'm not sure on that, but it sounds like you're talking about a chief marketing officer for layman's terms. Um, is that somebody with Correct. that skill set that can also, of course, have other business partnership skills? Absolutely. But in, in, and I guess I, I talk about a business partner just because I'm looking for so, not someone that just works for the company. I'm looking for someone that's going to take some risk with me um, and, and invest in this company as well and be an actual partner and share in the upside of that business um, as well. Uh, I think it's a, a better partnership than just I could go hire a CMO. That's fine. I mean, I could do that. I've thought about that, but that's not really I, I think there's something bigger here at play and that if I find the right partner, um, that's really passionate about it as well, that um, some big things could happen with this. And, and I think hiring a CMO might not be the right play for what's possible in this company. 
And so I'm looking for some, something bigger than that business partnership. Well, and that, that, and I guess what I mean by that Tyler is so even your business partners that you have they're they have past role experiences, right? So if you're taking yeah. the rocket fuel concept, you're taking both business partners and you're laying out which roles are you going to be in that way somebody's accountable for the role. Um, right. And then they can be, be fired from it accordingly or shifted accordingly, but you've, you've got that role nailed down. So you're looking for a business partner that has paid traffic skills, that has CMO skills, that also is willing and able to take on many more responsibilities to help grow the, grow the asset, grow the brand. Is that correct? hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry. That you did a, that's what if anybody did. heard it, well, I'm, I'm trying to advocate for it. Cause I, I catch the vision. I caught the vision. I'm like, man, run with this. This is cool. Um, and it's very, it's very in line and synergistic with what first class business is building to. Um, so it makes me, makes me excited to see you win. Um, we, we have 8 billion people in this world to help and support, and we can't do it alone. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of needs and a lot of resources. And, uh, we, we could probably use a few thousand companies like what you're building, um, in order to, to stabilize global economy. So, um, thank you for being on vision pros, man. This was awesome. Anybody who's listening, feel free to, of course, reach out to Tyler um, on LinkedIn. We'll also have other links in his uh, in the show notes on the landing page so that you can you can connect with him and see what's going on at the Startup Garage, Founder RX. Uh, if you want to be on the show, don't hesitate to, of course, apply. There's also a button on there to apply to be on, uh, be a guest on my show. I'd love to hear your vision um, and, and support you any way I can. Of course, like subscribe, comment, um, all those things certainly help us with growth. If you've received any benefit out of this and Tyler, man, thank you for being here today. This was awesome. Thank you for, this was a quite enjoyable conversation and I'll definitely take you up on your offer for, uh, another, another call to discuss all the things that you brought up. So looking forward to it, man. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention.